Hey, welcome back to the Bloodthirsty Pugs podcast. This is episode 13, and I'm your host, Dustin Scott. So this morning I talked with Aaron Collins again, and uh, we talked about how for some reason he just rubs people the wrong way. So we try to analyze like what's going on with his personality that might cause that. Uh, then we talked a little bit about different levels of friendship and how different people um, have different views of that. And then we discover live that he double booked our strength lifting meet on the exact day that his child is going to be born. Here we go. Yeah, it's going to be totally tearing apart my phone and see if I can put it back together. But it got all the parts. I'm never taking my phone out of its case ever. 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 I'm never doing this again. Never trial again. By fu- trial by fire. Trial by fire. Yep. I just hope you can actually fix it because, I mean, for, I feel like it's kind of iffy with smartphones if you're able to actually replace things and fix things or if they – there were some some phones back in the day where, like, they would, like, shrink wrap it together. Like, they would heat heat the plastic together to where you're unable to take it apart. But I don't know. If as things get more modern, I don't know if they make them more workable or make them less workable. Well, according to my friend YouTube, and watching a video on it, it does involve a little bit of adhesive removal regarding like heat gun, but uh, they sent me all the tools to do it. <clears throat> the brain's still active because the alarm still goes off and all that stuff. So <laughs> I'm gonna try my best. Well, heck, it's broken anyway. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, <laughs> uh, the whole insurance. Would you like insurance on it? Nah, I'm good. Even though, like, I asked, like, they're gonna give you a refurbished phone. Like, it's not like your your phone, the original one. Like, uh. yeah. <laughs> so, well, how's how's life going for you, bro? It's it's labile. I'd say the harvest, bro. Like the harvest. Sometimes you're planting all these seeds. Uh, in your life where you think things are going well, and then, man, harvest comes, you're like, this is not what I expected. Things are kind of actually turning on me, and it feels mm-hmm. like um, it sucks. You're kind of having some quarrels with your friends, your job's not going well, um, and yeah, and you're battling all fro- all the fronts in your life. Maybe you're not at the harvest yet. That I mean, is I'm true. A, I'm super into gardening right now. So what if you're in the uh, the middle stage where you got some <sighs> some growth, but maybe not everything grew, or maybe you've got to do some weeding or some tending to make it so that stuff that is growing continues to grow all the way. Yeah, I, I get that, and there's definitely some sacrifice, some some hard um, hard calls that I have to make, but. It's just, it sucks. Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to trust yourself. Um, like we wrote in the songs, you know, like, you know, when you're in the in the moment, it feels so right. But it quickly turns, turns back on me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to trust my gut when I plant, when I, when I speak, when I work with people, uh, everything. And, man, I'm, I, I thought I, I had them read right. Turns out I didn't. It, it's really it really shakes me yeah because i'm good at that like i feel like i'm good at reading people uh physical gestures okay when i say something do they look left do they, do they look right does your shoulders cringe do they back up 
Do they continue the conversation? Do they smirk? Do they laugh just because I'm embarrassing, embarrassing them? Or do they laugh because I'm actually funny? Like, I'm evaluating all these things. Mm-hmm. And then you feel like you read them wrong because you evaluated all those things and then it turned out to be not true. <laughs> yeah, or they'll tell me, hey, um, they'll say something like a little hint. Like, hey, Aaron, uh, be careful, whatever. And I just miss the flag, like the slow down. The, the, I miss the, the yellow light. Mm-hmm. I drive right through. And that is my that was my narcissistic, egocentric, trying to prove a point, did not want to pump the brakes um, situation. That's so, so reflecting there. Yeah, so that's interesting because, like, I mean, for us, I, I know who you are and I kind of know, like, your social tendencies or whatever. But, like, how would you describe yourself, like, for people who have never really talked to you in person or don't really know you that well, like... What is it that you do that crosses a line that doesn't pump the brakes? I think it's a balance between me, like and I said this before, wanting to be discovered and then also discovering the other person. And it, I think it's the ratio. I think how much do I want to be seen and how much do I want to see them? Mm-hmm. I think that's the, the, the gist of it. How many questions do I ask? How many questions do they ask me? How much do I talk versus how much do I listen? So when you're talking to other people like coworkers and stuff, you're wanting to be, like you said, um, you're wanting to get to know them really quickly and know them deeply and them know you. So I know one of your issues that you have sometimes is like you'll tell a joke that doesn't land, those sorts of things. Maybe it crosses a line. Or like, like, what is it that you're doing that I feel like that almost might be helpful for you even like to look at when you, when you have conversations with people and when you do things and say things, what is it specifically that you're doing or saying that is pissing people off and getting you in trouble? That's a big one. Um, I'm usually, my jokes are pretty well, pretty fun. I'm pretty energetic. I'm pretty, um, lively and as good. I think it's when I miss those, hey, um, it's just not the time or whatever, and I try to force it. Yeah. Now, if I was total boss, CEO, dictator, I'd just kick them out of the room until they brought back some fresh material and contributed to the to the group. But <laughs> um, I've even called people out for that. Listen, it's hard because uh, I'm very sarcastic. Coming up with all this fresh material daily for you people. I was like, you guys got to start pulling your weight. Like, bring some fresh <laughs> stuff, okay? Make me laugh. I need stimulation. Like, I need entertained. <laughs> like, so, yes, yeah, the whole, like, narcissistic, like, but humor. Mm-hmm. Tried to envelop that and package it beautifully with a little bow tie for him. That kind of <laughs> worked, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just... It's, it's a balancing act. It's a pendulum. And, you know, I, I get this. Like, the pendulum swings. Like, once it does, man, it swings hard. Like, just boom. It's either one or the other. And it's learning that balancing act. So then the question is, when the pendulum is swinging in the positive way and you feel like everything is good, is it actually good? Or is that just a time of 
you know, <laughs> fake, <laughs> fake positivity where you're like, everything's good, but deep down everybody else is still like, there's <laughs> you something brewing. What if it's just tolerance? Okay, they tolerate me. So then no longer they to- they can tolerate me. That's when the pendulum in my, in my life swings. Okay, I can't take it anymore. Aaron, you're too much. Like, then I think things are going bad. Yeah. Like, before it's just tolerance. Because that's when they speak up. Like, they don't speak up before. Well, in the positive time, they're just, they tolerate. But then in the negative time, that's when they're all saying, okay, I can't handle it anymore. I'm going to ta- I'm gonna talk to your boss about it. <laughs> <sighs> yep. And that's the crazy thing. I was like, I could totally withdraw. I could totally be like just a. Like, don't speak unless spoken to. Don't answer a question that hasn't been asked. Don't say hi unless someone says hi to you. Like. Yeah. And then you'd be really depressed. Then you'd hate your life every day you go to work. Which is interesting because we did another episode on introverts and extroverts. And, like, that's another thing we're touching on here because <clears throat> it's a difference between you and me. Like, I could do that. I, In fact, I kind of do do that at school. Like, I'm pretty quiet. I don't talk to people unless they talk to me and whatever. I just kind of keep my nose down. And it works for me. I'm happy. <laughs> um, I do think I would be happier if I could step in the extrovert direction. But, like, the difference between you and I is that I'm always wishing that I would start conversations and talk to people and oh, I wish I would have said that thing or I wish I would have made them laugh. But extrovert on your side, you're always wishing you hadn't said that thing <laughs> or you're always <laughs> apologizing for the thing that you said or did. <laughs> so it's both sides of the coin there. Uh, it's hard, man. It's, it's, it's damage control. And what I mean by damage control, it's like what here, what type of life do you want to live? And I realized my my life that I live, 90% of it, I would say 60, 60% of it is damage control. Re, reactive and not proactive. Right. Most of the stuff that's motivating me, the stuff that I have to do, is because of something that I broke. Like, it's reactive. It's, it's, it's damage control. I do things motivated by... To stay out of the uh, out of the, uh, the the litter box, not because like oh I love this person like I haven't got there yet. I'm too busy apologizing, trying to mend what's been broken. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn it! Can I get anything fucking right? Pardon my French. <laughs> You're fine. Yeah, that would be. <clears throat> I'd be pretty frustrated because it is, it probably feels like to you, like it's who you are that's wrong. And I think that's, that's the tricky part is you have to figure out how to like, how to adjust your behavior or the way you do things or, or whatever it is without changing who you are. You know, the dangerous part is, is perfect. The motive is great. Here's the dangerous part. Anyone can come along and give me that. And I'm sold. That's a dangerous part. It could be, it could be, a, it could be a, a, the cartel, like, just because that's what I've been, I've been wanting all along. Didn't know how to get it, and someone hands it to me in a silver platter, like manna from heaven, like, well, I could be bought just like that. With what? 
Like, what could they give you? Feeling feeling good about myself. Feeling good about, like, my humor. Like, um, feeling good about, like, man, you got this. You're doing this right. Like, like, yeah, man, you're the man. I thought that all along. Just people try to tell me otherwise. And that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Humor. Best way, Johnny Bravo, that cartoon. <laughs> like, he's this guy, like, he, he thinks he's a stud. But the whole time, in a cartoon, like, all the girls just... He's he's not a, he's not a chick magnet. He's a chick repellent, but he thinks he's this. He's God's gift to women. Mm-hmm. And but he thinks he's that. <laughs> Are you Johnny Bravo? <laughs> I guess there's some Johnny Bravo parts of my life. I know this though. Flip the coin around. Let's be the complete opposite. Let's not speak. Let's not laugh. Let's not be seen. Ooh. I think the consequences of that are far worse. Yeah, it's it's tricky. I mean, it's like I said earlier, the introvert thing. I mean, there is a, there is another side to it. There's you you could not do all that stuff and you won't get in trouble. You won't get written up for anything. You won't have people complaining about you. Well, actually who am I kidding? People in a workplace complain no matter what you do. <laughs> There's always going to be gossipers and complainers, but it's, it's you're less likely to encounter all that. But also, you're way less likely to brighten someone's day, make them happy, make them feel uh, appreciated, or like you want to know them. All those sorts of things. So it's like, you're, it's almost like you're a better person if you can force yourself to talk to people and like ask questions about them. Everybody wants to be known, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's that balance, that ratio. How long? <laughs> the crazy thing is, is like, I love the conversation. Like, I love when I, when I when I ask some questions and I can relate to something, and it just stimulates me. Like, I like to contribute to it. Is that narcissistic? Is that bad? No, I don't think. I I, I just think it's a great conversation. Conversation, not a lecture not a one-way road like it's a dialogue between two people and for some reason uh i don't feel like anybody interprets you that way i feel like i do but i don't i don't know what the difference is between me and other people but i mean you and i can talk about things and you just be yourself and i feel like it's a conversation but you do the same thing with like some of my friends and they feel like you're you're teaching you're lecturing you're whatever or that it's one way, like you just said, and then they, whatever. And, and I think that's what you're encountering at work, too. And I don't mm. get what the difference is. I, I, have, I do have a theory, though. I was thinking about this yesterday. Um, what if I'm doing the same thing? What if I do the same thing to you sometimes? And so we have a little, little bit of a feedback loop that happens within our friendship. <laughs> so where mm. we don't even notice the difference. Like, I almost always offer you advice when you're telling me about stuff going on in your world like i did it yesterday on the phone i think like anytime you're you're venting to me i almost always offer advice and that's the very thing you and i say we need to stop doing but i do it to you all the time and you do it to me all the time and neither of us are offended by it because we're just at that level in our friendship so it's almost like we encourage the other to do bad behaviors by continually doing those things you know what i mean yeah well i think in our friendship it's a given like, listen, yeah. my ass calls you, and 
It's it's hot right now. It's hot in the kitchen. Like, let's, this, let's not waste words here. Like, let's get straight to it. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. My ass is burning. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. It's just a given that, like, yeah, you can offer you can offer me advice and this, whatever. I think it's just starting up with people. Um, I've got one friend in my life who, um, who really knows me, who's, who's on a different path, who wants to be more autonomous. Um, so that kind of looks a little different, but I think for starters, we got to get to know each other. We have like at work and whatever, like you got, we got to get closer to get to that point. I'm trying to speed Mm -hmm. date. I'm trying to get straight to it (laughs) without having a history, without having like, here I am telling them like, my deepest and darkest. <laughs> like, yep. And you know what? That's very trusting of me. I'm telling a complete stranger. Did you know? Guess who gets who? Guess who gets told the most personal, like, well, not since COVID, the most personal things. Like, you're more likely to say the most personal things to this person. Guess what <laughs> it is? The complete stranger. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a, a complete. Point. Well, not just a complete stranger. Taxi car, taxi cab drivers. Like, they oh, hear right. the, like, like, yep. you, you can just tell them, like, or complete strangers, yeah. Because I think yeah. it comes, you think, go ahead. There's a, there's a, have you seen that TV show, Impractical Jokers? Uh, y- it's I like, think. it's these four guys in New York, and they basically, they sort of like dare each other to do things, um, to people in public, not like harmful things, but just weird socially things um, to try to get like, how far will you go kind of thing. And one of the <laughs> things that they have to do is like the, like the other three guys are in. So say like Sal, this is the first guy say it's his turn. He's up. Well, he's got in ears in his ears and I've the other three it. guys are in his ear. Yeah. And so they're like, Sal, uh, go up to this random person and tell them that you have this secret you need to get off your chest and then just tell them the horrific thing. <laughs> yes. So, yes. But it's interesting. It's the same concept. Like you walk up to these complete strangers and say, hey, I just got something I need to get off my chest. I don't know you, so no harm, no foul. And then you tell them something like, you know, <laughs> something super embarrassing. I remember that because also when they got the in, he's got the in-ear, they have to try to keep a straight face because when, when they get told something, like they're like... <laughs> You know, you serious? Like, yeah. Nope. Yep. You're gonna listen to it or not? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the point—the point is like, that's even though it's a game on TV, that is kind of true. Like talking to strangers, like because they can't hurt you, they can't betray you because they're not in your life. So you can talk to them. I wonder how strangers would take you though, like. Maybe good because they can't hurt you. So maybe you just you just be you with strangers and whatever. Well, as long as they have a, they have, they have an exit and the ability to flee, <laughs> that might be good. <laughs> like you know, at a party, have other people there. You know, like hey, uh, well, it's good talking to you. Okay, see ya. Got to get back to my friend over here. Yeah. <laughs> They're, I mean, they're really engaged in the conversation. Like, they probably don't need you. They're actually going to be hurting their combo with their girl that the, he just met, you know. But you got to get out. <laughs> yep. Your friend's over there eating a cheeseburger. And you're like, oh, I got to get over to my friend. We uh, I need to 
Dude, your friend's eating the cheeseburger. He's not going to talk to you. Dude, he's... <laughs> oh, all right. Bottom line, this isn't advice. This is just a declaration. Like, I have a finite number, number of years in my life. I have no idea when my time's coming. A lot of times I just say, I just, I don't have time for that. All this BS. Like, get on the road, keep walking, Aaron, and it'll all get sorted out. Like, and this <laughs> is where I'm at. Like, this, yeah. It'll get sorted out. That's that's kind of my reason for being really direct about everything. Like all this, you know, I have a problem with a coworker, so I'm going to go talk to another coworker about it, or I'm going to complain to the boss about it, or I'm going it, to. There's not enough time to do that. Like, just be direct. If somebody offends you, just be direct. You don't have to be mean, but just be like, "Hey, that kind of hurt." Like, that, what's the deal? And then talk about it directly, and then get over it. That's hard to do. That's conflict resolution. I'm starting to find that I really love conflict re- resolution. I mean, I still have some like some fear of conflict issues that I'm dealing with, but like, um, if I can, if I can get in control of that, which you've been helpful for in the past, like I just call you and you're like, all right, just take a deep breath, you got this. But then just going and talking to somebody, like, it usually works out, like. Like in most cases, it's it's fine. You just talk to them. It's like, hey, so I felt like this kind of hurt. And then some a lot of people will just make excuses for their behavior. And sometimes you'll get a really mature person who will say sorry. And I will say, though, that strategy does not work at all with one particular type of person. And <laughs> I'm not I'm not even going to say the words because we did a whole episode on it. But you burn, know, you know baby, burn. <laughs> burn, baby, burn. <laughs> Yeah, those confrontations never go well. But no, I think those people you just have to tie them down into a chair, like a torture chair, and then like you talk to them, and then when they when they light on fire, you just hit them with a bucket of water, and then restart. (laughs) 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 Oh, he's gonna explode! He's gonna explode! (laughs) Douse him! Douse him! Or, or if you're really strong, hug him. Give him a big hug. Then just squirming. <laughs> and then you're like, there, there, little guy. There, there. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> it's okay. Levels of friendship. Tiers of friendship. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can level up. You can level down. Um, it's evolving. I thought about something too with that to that graduate uh, high school friends you gain friends you lose graduate college friends you gain friends you lose get married same thing like phases in your life that 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 alone has a a, a factor that plays a role yeah each phase of life changes and you gain friends you lose friends you know what I figured out? If if it's not in line, sorry for all the sniffling, I have to do my sinus massages. If it's not in line with what you're doing in your life, the things, your goals, your ambition, figured out, your friends change. Okay, you're in high school, you're in band. Okay, you've got band friends. You play football, you've got football friends. Or, oh, you're in both. You've got band and football friends. College. You're in a program. You got friends in your program. 
whatever, right? Association. Now, but pretty broad. Now you get married. Well, not everyone's getting married. Now time is being taken from you. Uh, Time is very precious. How many people are are your friends married? Okay, they're married. You got a friendship when you're married. But now you have kids and they don't. Okay, that's another filter. Yep. And and then here you are down to whopping two friends, if they are a friend. <laughs> yeah, so I think, so there's like a bunch of elements there. So one is the shared association. I mean, that's where all those friends and all those stages came from, is that you shared something in common that you did together. And I feel like that's what I base most of my friendships around, is like, we have to have an activity, whether it's playing video games or board games or something like that. And if we don't have that activity, then, I mean, we might still be friends, quote unquote, but like it, it drifts so far apart. It, it separates. And I hate that. I don't know. <laughs> so like, how you know, where, where's the middle ground? Like, can you, can you maintain a friendship without having things in common that you do together? Um, yeah. That's that's a tough one, man. You need something that's, that's constant. We can even uh, apply it to, to marriage. You know, when we first started, we had tons of things in common. We had, we had tons of things we could share, things that we just did together. And as time went on, you know, we did less and less. And we talked less and less, like... I'd say same thing with the marriage. I guess it's, are we actively pursuing our marriage? Are we actively pursuing our friendship? Meaning, what does it take? What does it, what do we need to do to keep it alive? Yeah. I think having something in common is definitely, I mean, just a shared activity, even if it's not something that you like both are passionate about. Like, I don't know. I noticed that in my marriage with Holly, like, um, it was feeling kind of distant there for a little while. And then she started working out with me and that has been like the best thing ever for us. I need, I need things to share, share. That's definitely common, commonality, yeah. common, common, common interest. Um, and just got to find those things. Uh, but also bigger continuums. Am I making you a better man? Am I making you a better Christian? Am I making you a better father? Am I making you a better uh, husband? Like, all those things. Like, um, do you have goals? Where am, am I helping with those goals? Like, am I aiding you in your in your journey? Right. Um, I think that's, that's the big ones. <clears throat> and those are huge. Be- better man? What is a man? Like... That that's up to to each his own, like what that, so that is. So you're talking like you're talking the difference between like being able to stand in a room and laugh with somebody versus actually being an ally in this war of life. <laughs> actually being an ally that's supporting you, resources, whatever, whatever it is, helping you become better, all those different things. And Absolutely. That's, those are the levels that I guess the levels of friendship, like I guess that does exist because there is like, I mean, I guess there are people that you would consider friends still like you wouldn't in your mind say, yeah, they're, they're just distant people that I know. You would say, yeah, we're friends, but 
it would still just kind of be your lives are separate from each other and you can exist in the same room and talk and laugh and everything, but then that's it. There's no, there's no more connection, but which I feel like is something that can be chosen. It's not just something that fizzles or, you know, whatever. It's like you choose to build that or you choose not to. Friendship wise, the story told me with, uh, um, your, your family, when that friend came, how do I say this right? When that friend said to that, uh, your friend, hey man, you really messed up. You should have let her really let her let her go and talk to her, talk to her mom. Like that was a friend move. That was something a friend should do. Like that was cool. Mm-hmm. If that, if you remember, I'm trying to I'm trying to keep a confidentiality too. But um, <laughs> I yeah, I don't. Oh yeah, yeah, did... yeah. Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. He did. That was a friend move. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, like it. And that that wasn't too hard, but yeah, you know what you're saying. Like sometimes, even even tough even tough love and saying like, yeah, you were you were kind of wrong here, or like, dude, you should have done this. Like that can be a friend thing. I, I see what you're saying. I yeah, think I mean, the, the the key to what you're saying though is like the that other stuff that comes with it is it requires self sacrifice, and I feel like that's kind of. I guess I'm looking into. It's love. Like what what is love? It's a it's a big it's a big concept, but like I feel like lately it's it's a lot of it is just related to self sacrifice, self sacrificial. Like, um that's when I feel the most loved and appreciated by my friends is when it takes sacrifice for them to spend time with me or it takes sacrifice for them to do whatever. It's not that I want people to, to suffer for me or anything like that, but it's you know, think about it. Anybody who's listening, what would you rather have? Somebody who only talks to you when it's convenient, like, hey, they're bored, so now they're talking to you? Or is it somebody who schedules time in their life to talk to you to, to, because you're important to them? And, you're, and they're intentional. Like, mm-hmm. that's huge. I, 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 that, that fires me up. Like, the, what, what am I? And what am I to you? What am I? My chop liver is like, oh, a convenience factor. Shit. I might as well just, if you're just going to call and vent to me and, and just like, whatever, I just might as well just be your therapist and get paid to do it. And sit on a couch all day, just listen to people's problems with the vent, hearing themselves right. talk. And all they have to say is, how does that make you feel? Like, it's not that hard. But if we want to <laughs> connect, like. <laughs> then there's Then there's friends that, like, the the other thing this is almost like a trump card you just have roots like there are there are people in your life that like you just spent all, i mean you spent all your time together as kids you grew up together and so there's roots that are there that just cannot they're not broken so it's like even if even if you do get distant or whatever when you get back together nothing's changed i mean mm-hmm. they might not be completely uh, intimately embedded in your life and know about all your issues and, 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 you know, all that kind of stuff. But like, you know, like Jared is, is one of those friends for me where right now we're, we're quite distant because he's, he just moved to another town. He's farther away. He's got, his life is real busy and crazy right now. And so we're really distant. But at the same time, when we get together, like we did a couple weeks ago, we boom, we see each other for the first time in months and it's right back where it was. We can have the same level of deep conversations um, same discussions, all that kind of stuff, and it's good. 
heart, uh, I don't know if you're seeing the same, the same thing as I am, the roots can die over time. And sometimes, you know what, we've already cashed that card. Like, I don't, the, the roots, they're withering up, man. Like, the here and now with what we're doing with our friendship, the last 15 years, they're, they're starting to wither here. Like, today, how we interact, like, we gotta, we gotta feed that, those roots, because, um, we're dying. I see what you're saying. So you do have to, yeah. I mean, you can't just rely on that forever because eventually it's not good enough. Because you're on a continuum. You're constantly moving. Like, and he, what place does he have there? But that is something, I mean, the roots thing, Jared and I, we've talked about that. Like, we we have roots and everything, but also there is, you know, when we got together last time, we did talk about how things are distant right now, but we understand this is just a phase and it's on both of our radar that, like, this is not going to be an extended phase. We're just letting things do their thing right now. But, you know, I think I think maybe that's even the important part of it, too, is that if you do have friends that have those roots, then you should definitely have those conversations where it's like, hey, things are things are getting a little distant here. Uh, I feel like the roots are being pulled on a little bit and just want to make sure everything's good, make sure that we're still, like, it's still a priority or whatever. No, that's huge, man. Like, not... not- Nothing is under friends, fighting for friends. Right now, you got Keith back. That's been huge. Yep. Um, it took a, a year, year and a half, whatever. It maybe could have took sh- uh, shorter. Maybe you could have done things more aggressively. Maybe it needed its time. Maybe it needed its time. Yeah. Don't, I don't know. But getting him back, that's a huge topic. Yeah, and that's the never, never burn a bridge thing. Like, I mean, that should be... I mean, that's our philosophy, and that, and I encourage everyone listening to do the same thing. Like, really try to avoid burning a bridge. I mean, like, not 90% of the relationships that you have problems with, you should not burn that bridge because eventually it can get better. It might just need time. It might need whatever. And people are a resource, as Negan says. So, I mean, don't just use them for resources, but, like, you know, things can get better. Sometimes it just takes time. It's uh, I love that never burn a bridge and and trust me, peeps. Like, when you end up saying that, trust me, you're not in a good spot when you say it. Like, right now, all you want to do is you want to burn their house down, you want to burn that bridge down, and never build it again. You want to say, forget this, I'm done with you, you're dead to me. Like, so in those moments, you say, oh no, nope, never burn a bridge, never burn a bridge. It's not good. Things aren't going well when you say it. Yeah. That's the thing you need to do. You're saying it to remind yourself what you're what you should do. <laughs> yep. Cause all I want to do is take my microphone cord and strangle somebody sometimes. And uh can't do it. Plus I go to jail. <laughs> that Only would be if I murder. get caught. Only if you get caught. <laughs> well, as we as we always end these things, uh how's your workouts going? Good. Um, consistency's get getting there. I had a couple, like you know, two days out of the week, but uh, physically, everything's feeling good. Um, mm-hmm. and that's that's huge for me. Strength gains are there. Um, got more protein. I'm eating a lot more. I I'm literally getting fat. Like as we speak, like I'm getting <laughs> fat. <laughs> Ah, uh, dude, I'm eating my. Just know, like, damn it, 
I'm, I'm getting fat. Like this is how it happens. Look, I'm in, I'm in, the, I'm in, the, I'm in the room uh, among staff. I'm like, you guys see my plate? This is how it starts. Look, look at this. Look at me. This is how it starts. Lay it's off like, me. I'm starving. <laughs> Throw some chicken. How about you, man? How's your workouts? Uh, good. Um, heard you had some good strength gains. Yeah, it's a, it's the same for me. I'm. I, my consistency is good and my, my lifts and all that stuff is good. The part that's not good that I have to, to fix is the nutrition part of it. And it's surprisingly, it's not so much like stop eating junk food. I mean, I need to do that too, but it's mostly just making sure I'm getting enough protein. Like I really don't think I have been, I think I've been, I mean, I mean, from from what I've read, like I need like 225 grams of protein a day, and my protein shake that I have is only 25 grams per scoop. So even if I hit that three times a day, I'm only getting 75. I still have a lot to make up from diet, and if I'm just like, you know, if I just have like a ham sandwich for lunch and then I just have dinner, that doesn't get me anywhere close to 225. Like I got a lot more. So I've been. I have a new protein that I got yesterday or the day before that it's actually like a cafe mocha flavor, um, which is, it tastes really good, but it also has a hundred milligrams of caffeine per scoop. So it doubles up for me. So I just did a double this morning. So I'm starting off with a lot of protein, but it also has hit me with that caffeine. The only downside is now I can't take it before I go to bed because it's got the caffeine. So now I've got to, I've got to buy another thing of protein to take at night, probably some casein or something like that. So that's I my weakness right now. Good. That's awesome. I heard about like also with the well, luckily protein has a great shelf life. It, it can sit in a, in your shelf for a long time, so it doesn't <laughs> like you know some cost fallacy there. But yeah, the case that I heard it has a longer digestive process. It's a protein that lasts a lot longer. But anyways, so the workouts are going good. You're finally trying to meet your your protein requirement for muscle building at least or muscle muscle maintenance. And then sleep is my other weakness. So I'm looking at just in general, um, anybody who works out kind of knows that you need to have enough rest to recover. You need enough need to have enough hydration. You need to meet your protein requirements. And then if you want to gain muscle, like get bigger, then you need a calorie surplus. If you're trying to lose fat or whatever or maintain, they need a deficit. So I've got the surplus. Um, I've, I fixed the hydration yesterday. I'm starting to drink lots of water every day. But now my problem is getting enough protein and then getting enough sleep because I've been going to bed at like 10 and waking up at 5. And then those seven hours are usually interrupted by stuff in the middle of the night, like my kid needing something. So I don't think I'm getting enough quality recovery time in my sleep. So I need to go to bed earlier. And now it's nice is when people are getting on the whole 5 a.m. kick. All right, guys. Time for bed. We can continue what we're doing right now at 5 a.m. Like, if you really want to do it, sure. For me and mine, I'm going to bed. <laughs> yep, so I'm getting there. And then my my brothers, you know, so our strength-lifting meet that we're having. Our strength-lifting meet that we're having in March is um, it's on March 21st. And it's us two and then my two brothers. It's just oh, our little... Oh friend circle but they're getting strong too wait a minute <laughs> that that date sounds real familiar oh man hold on 
<laughs> it's ringing a bell. <laughs> Hopefully, it's ringing a bell because I already told you about it two months ago. But <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What 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 is it? March twenty first. Damn it, my my son or daughter's gonna be born. Estimated due date March twenty second. <laughs> Dude, how, how can you? How how do you? How do we do this? Like right? Come on, right? <laughs> oh man, you double booked. Why did you get her pregnant when you did? Dude. Now, it could be I could come out of the day, right? It's not like, it, you know, like I could, could. Why does this happen to me? Didn't the same thing happen with Leo where you were yeah. away somewhere or something? Taking boards, exit exams that I yeah. paid a lot of money to take and scheduled out three months in advance. Well, we'll figure it out. That's funny. <laughs> All right, am I at fault here? Like, <laughs> I don't. I here's the only thing you're at fault for is that when you put that in your calendar for when your kid was going to be born, you must not have had our strength lifting meet in your calendar. Well, I never asked. So, for example, uh, people keep asking me. So, when's your estimated due date? Like. I don't know. Like, I just look at her belly. <clears throat> you think I, I knew it was going to fall on the same day? Like, of course it right. was. <laughs> of course it just, was. Yeah, your luck. What I'm saying, though, is like, when you did find out, which whenever that was, maybe it was two weeks ago, you uh, opened up your phone. Three days ago. There you go. Three days ago, you opened up your phone, you looked at March 21st on your calendar, and then you entered that data in. And when you looked at March 21st at that moment, you should have seen strength lifting meat and i'm betting that you didn't because i'm betting you did not put that in your phone like you should have two months ago you know me too well i did not put it in my phone it wouldn't have changed anything other than you would have told me three days ago dude my my kid's gonna be born on the strength lifting meat matter of fact do you want to come and be there <laughs> not lifting well, that's, that's a good point too right well, luckily, that's why we do this stuff in advance because that's a pretty big – that's a good reason to move a date. So right, I'll just so move it. This is cheesecake, uh, the Swiss cheese effect. Like, okay. So I did not put it in my phone. I did not put it in my calendar. That's, that's just how this happened. So when I get dates, put them in your calendar. So we should wrap up this podcast because this is boring for people. But the, the funny thing about this, if anybody who's listening, if you know Aaron Collins, he's the king of double booking. He's like staying, <laughs> yes staying um, time management and, and having calendars is very hard for him because he's ADD. He's, you know, boom, 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 distracted. So um, there's always this running joke between him and I because I'm the opposite. I, I run everything through the calendar. So everyone got to li- witness it live, him double booking, <laughs> except for he didn't really double book other than just can't help when she's going to be born or when the kid's going to be born. <laughs>